Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Good morning, Faith Life Church, and to all those that are tuning in nationally, internationally. I am excited to be able to share this word with you today. I, I believe this is a prophetic word for you and your family today. I want you to come in and listen to what's going to be said, what's going to be communicated today as a word just for you. You know, sometimes we, we're just so sitting back and going, I wonder what Pastor Ted's going to say. But I believe today that God wants to put something inside of you. God wants to start to energize something in you. I, what, in sensing with what's been happening around us, there's such a pressure to pull back to pull back on our dreams, to pull back on our expectations, even to pull back thinking that if I give something, I'm not going to be replenished by it. I believe that there's such a spirit on us that is coming against us is to pull back, draw back. And this message came about, well, well, just seeking a word for the church, seeking the word of God for you know for my life my you know my family life my extended family my church family and God gave me this verse and what you're going to hear today is what's come out of this promise and this is a promise to you now I want you to put weight on what you are just about to hear that this promise was given to me so that I can communicate it to you, so I can communicate it to your family. I can communicate it to your business, to your situation. It's found in Ezekiel 36, verse 9, and it's this, in out of the New Living Translation. See, I care about you, and I will pay attention to you. Your ground will be ploughed, and your crops will be planted. Here's the promise of God. The God is saying, I care about you. The ground that is with plowed speaks to is it's all about your preparation for more increase, your preparations to see uh, expansion, your preparations to see breakthrough. And he says, your crops will be planted. Right now, there is such a pressure to hold back, to pull back and go, I've stopped preparing and what I wanted to plan, the crops that I wanted in my life, the things that I wanted to see in my life, I'm not going to get. But the word of God to you today is, is that your preparation will be ongoing and your crops will be planted. The, the, The pressure to pull back, this is a definition of this. It's to, it's to decide not to do something that you were intend to do, intending to do because of possible problems. It is a decision not to do something that you've intended to do because of possible problems. It means to draw, to withdraw, to pull back, or to retreat. So the pressure on us at the moment, and the pressure upon the church at the moment and with people is to pull back, is to go, we made preparations, we are in preparation because we want to see a crop that's being, uh, that needs to be seen, but we're pulling it back, pulling it back. But the good news is, is that God's saying this, is don't pull back. 
Don't withdraw. See, the faith that has been delivered to you, that has been delivered to me, is a supernatural faith that is not limited to, nor does it find its source of energy to, on this level. So the nature of our supernatural faith, it works in unfavorable circumstances, and it doesn't feed from the circumstances. So you and I have a faith that was birthed in heaven for earth. That means your faith was birthed in heaven. It's in God himself. God has given us faith, as we find in Romans 12, 3. And so the faith that you and I have is a faith that doesn't draw back. It's a faith that finds its source in God and not in the problems. So you and I have a, a mode of operation that is a heaven mode of operation, not an earthly mode. So that means we can come into any circumstances and bring heaven on earth. That is what is in us. Now, it's a time that we need to move from. See, our faith does not feed on information. Our faith works and feeds on revelation. See, we are living in a time when you cannot overcome by just mere information. You, 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 you will not move forward, you will not be strengthened in just by living in information. See, the difference between information and revelation, information will go, well, this is the fact, everybody's in the same boat, we're all experiencing the same thing, and here is the outcome. Revelation does not discount information, but what it does, it says how you can rise above the information and bring an answer to what is required. See, information will bring you up to speed on how everybody else is thinking. Information will bring you up to speed of how everybody else is coping. Information will give you opinions on how you can cope through this COVID season, how you can cope with not being able to go out, how you can cope without doing the things that you were doing. Information accumulates so much facts and then says, which are the best facts that can fit this situation? So it's like a census. It's like voting on which answer is the best. But revelation is a God-thought for a man's problem. See, revelation will give you the answer, will show you the source, and will give you the power to break through. I want to read you an amazing, amazing part of Scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, out of the Passion Translation. It says this, Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed at, at times. We don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Here's Paul. He's in a, see, one of, the, one of the things we really need to bring back into focus is this is that the pressure we are finding ourselves under today, 
this very present day, this very present circumstance, this present world circumstance is nothing new. This hasn't caught God by surprise, nor has it caught any of God's promises by surprise. So here's Paul saying, we have experienced all types of pressure. What's Paul talking about? Paul, Paul is talking about the church was experienced financial pressure. The church was facing restriction pressure of that they couldn't preach the gospel publicly. They were, they were persecution pressure. There were so many of pressures fighting against Paul. But I love this. He goes, we are not crushed. The faith that is in you cannot be crushed by outside circumstances. This is the strength of your faith. We should be up on our seats, standing on our seats and going, what I have been given by Jesus cannot be crushed by circumstances. So the life that we have, the mind that we have, the joy that we have, the experience in God that we have cannot be crushed. So what we have been given is an uncrushable spirit, an uncrushable faith, an uncrushable expectation. Paul is saying to you today, he's going, whatever you are in right now will not crush you. Your marriage will not be crushed. Your children will not be crushed. Your finances will not be crushed. Your all the promises that God has given you, your expectation is not going to be reduced, but it's going to be increased. I love what he says here. So what we've got to do is for you not to be crushed, for you not to be set back in Paul, live by revelation, not by information. We need to step into a new realm or a new level of faith that says this, from today onward, I will live by revelation, not information. It works like this. I will live by what God tells me to do, what God tells me to think, not what everybody else is. See, revelation isn't hard. It's just saying this, God, I am listening and I am obeying. Let me just show you how this works. In the book of Acts 8, it talks about an Ethiopian, that he went into the synagogue, he came to Jerusalem you know, to pray, and on his way back, he's reading the book of Isaiah. And as he's reading it, Philip gets transported right into the place he is. I want you to see this story. This story is so full of revelation. Here's this Ethiopian. He's a, he's a part, of the queen, part of the queen's management system. He's a, he's, a, he's a ruler in the nation. And he's reading God's word, but he doesn't understand it. Any single time you put yourself in a position that you want to understand, revelation will flood you. Any time you pick up God's word, you get into a situation that you don't know and you give yourself to God, God will make a way. So God transports miraculously Philip right next to him. Listen to this. In Acts 
8 verse 30 into 31. So Philip ran up to catch up. So you've got to get this, right? So Philip had to run to catch up. So Philip had a mission. His mission was to bring revelation to somebody that is open for revelation. So many people are struggling with revelation. The revelation comes to those that want to be moved to another level. Revelation comes to those that have made a decision that they are not going to live on one level, they want to live on God's level. Now listen to this. So Philip ran to catch up. As he drew closer, he overheard the man reading the scroll from Isaiah the prophet. I, I, just what just he overheard. This man was so desperate, he wasn't just reading it quietly, he was reading it loudly. And Philip asked him, Sir, do you understand what you are reading? The man answered, How can I possibly make sense of this without someone explaining it to me? Let me read it to you again. Philip asked him, Sir, do you understand what you are reading? The man answered, how can I possibly make sense of this without somebody explaining it to me? Here's, here's something that will elevate you today. Is this. Is that you may be reading a situation. You might be looking at a situation, but you need revelation to explain to you what you are looking at. So he is a man. He's reading the Bible but just reading it as an information book does not save you, does not ignite faith in you, doesn't ignite expectation. So here's this man. He wants God. He needs God. He's reading God's Word, and he's open to God. And he goes, I don't understand what I'm reading. So God intervenes through a man named Philip the evangelist and he opens up and I love what he says, I'm reading but I need someone else to help me. So what he teaches you and what he teaches me today is what I am facing, I need somebody from the outside to tell me what's happening. See, all of us Cannot figure it out on our own. We need revelation. We need the revelationary knowledge of God to be working within us. And what happens to this man? He goes from light, so from darkness into light because of the intervention of revelation. So he says, I'm looking at a situation I don't understand. So here where we are today, you're looking at your life, you turn on the television. You, whatever medium you use to watch news, and this is happening in the world here. This is happening in the Middle East. This is happening in Europe. This is happening in America. This is happening everywhere around the world. And you've got all of this information. And information without the explanation of God view will leave you depressed will remove hope from your life, will make you draw back. See, you and I need to be watching the news through the revelation of God's Word. You and I need to be looking at our situation through the revelation of God's Word. You and I need to be looking at ourselves through the revelation of God's Word. So this, you know, so this part of the Scripture 
in Acts chapter 8. He's telling us, I'm reading something, I'm looking at something, I'm probing something, I can't understand it. See, if you can't understand it, you are now the perfect candidate for revelation. See, what stops revelation is these words. I know, I know, I know, I know. See, every morning I wake up, I go to the Word, I spend time with God. I never enter reading God's Word into His presence with these words, I know, I know, I know. I will open up John 3.16 and go, God, talk to me out of this. I need to do something. For those of you that want to just hit another level right now, the Bible says this, the mercies of God are brand new every single morning. So therefore, it means that on Monday, I look at the same scripture, I get a revelation. Tuesday, I get and I open up the word and the same word and I get a different revelation. And I can keep going on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, year from year. The word of God and the revelation of God is so, it's without limits. So therefore, it means this is that because the news, the mercies of God are brand new every morning, it also means this, that the revelation of God is increasing every morning. My strength is increasing. My knowledge is increasing. My faith has got more insight than it has before. So it's telling us is this, is that you need to have revelation so you don't pull back. So people, without revelation, you are going to pull back. Without revelation, the thing that you have intended to do. I want to commend you as a church right now. I want to commend you as a church. It's because before COVID started, you, we as a church made commitments to ministries out in the globe and in, in Australia. And because people have not pulled back in their giving, we have been able to continue to sow globally. We are global faith dispensers. Because of we, because of we haven't pulled back, we were prepared, we prepared so we can have a harvest and we did it. Hey, just really want to thank you for that. So for you to pull back is you start, only way you pull back is you stop living by revelation and you start to govern your life, govern your expectation, govern your plowing or the preparation for the seed and you also govern on the crop that you are going to have. But as we've been told that we have a faith that you can sow in famine and reap in famine. So this is what is so amazing about God. Now listen to Hebrews 10, verses 39. But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Hebrews 10.39 We are certainly not of those who are held back by fear and perish. Who's he talking about? He's talking about those that have committed their lives to Jesus Christ and God has put His life in them and on them. See, what is inside of you today 
doesn't hold back. Doesn't hold back. See, the, sometimes the reason we hold back is because we're thinking is when we give something away, we have lost something. So one decreases the, every time something is given. It, it is like saying, every time I give, I've lost. But the Word of God is inside of you. You can never give away what God has given you and ever run on empty. You can never give away what God has given in your life and run empty. You can never give away so much love that you have no love in you. You can never give away enough encouragement so you have none encouragement within you. You can never give away so much faith and not have any faith within you. See, it is impossible for a child of God to run on empty. You cannot run on empty. You will never have the red light saying, hey, you're out of fuel. It's because what God has given you goes beyond all natural expectations. So God comes up and says, says this to you, but we are certainly not of those who are hold back by fear and perish. And we are among those who have faith and experience full life. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. The word there is this, that the faith that fills our soul, the word there to experience full life, you can translate it as this, faith that fills our soul. Watch this. That the faith inside of you, if let loose, will saturate your thinking. See, your, your problem is not your spirit. Your problem is your soul. The Bible says that your spirit was dead. Your spirit wasn't sick before you got born again. Your spirit was not living in some sort of state of dormantness. Your spirit was dead. So when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your saviour, as your healer, as your provider, as your friend, as your encouragement, as your brother, as your co-heir. You became born again. Your spirit is new. Now your soul is catching up with your spirit. And when we don't hold back, what we are doing is our soul becomes receptive to our spirit. So what happened in the spirit wants to be transferred into your soul. See, your soul is still thinking you're the old you. Your soul is still thinking of, we can't do this. I am not strength enough. I haven't got the wisdom for this. I haven't got the finances for this. I'm not educated for this. I haven't got the right friends for this. I am in the wrong environment for this. So that when, when the book of Hebrews exhorts us not to hold back because we're out of fear. It's saying this, start to live out of your spirit that has transformed your soul. See, our problem of pulling back is we've stopped living by our spirit and we've started to live by our soul and our soul has yet to be transformed by our spirit. But the Word of God says, if you will allow, 
your spirit to dominate your soul. It will transfer faith in your soul. Therefore, you will have this. You will have spirit thinking. And you know what spirit thinking is this? All things are possible because I believe God. I have been redeemed. I am no longer righteous by my own works. I am now righteous by His righteousness. See, what happens is this, is those that don't hold back are those that are allowing their spirit to transform their soul and their soul starts to speak and they see a change. So right now, within you, your soul is crying out to, your, to you, is, hey, fill me with faith. See, every time I live by revelation, my spirit transforms my soul, and then my soul takes a hold of my voice box, and it starts to proclaim what's in my spirit, and things change. So your soul is flooded by faith, flooded by God thoughts, flooded by God's intentions, flooded with God's seed, flooded with God experiences. Why? Because your spirit is brand new. Now, so how do we put, so people go, well, hold on. Why am I experiencing then pressure? What's, what's, what's happening with the pressure? What's the pressure? Now watch this. In James 4, 7, it says this. So then, surrender to God, Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee away in agony. Wow. Watch this. This is where it comes in, that Satan is coming, and God says this. He's going to put pressure on you. What's the pressure? The pressure is for you to pull back on what God has already done in your life, it's putting, putting to stop moving forward. Here is the big revelation. That every time you take a step from God, the territory of the kingdom of Satan is decreased. Satan is angry. Satan is upset because the church is advancing at such a rapid rate that he is putting pressure on us to, to make you slow down, to make you slow down, to make you slow down. See, what Satan is trying to do is trying to make you pull back on your dreams, trying to make you pull back on your relationship with your wife, your children, your workplaces, your relatives. See, Satan wants to pull you back. He wants you to go, don't go so much. Don't run at such a rate of speed. Hey, don't... There's no need to write any more new songs. There's no need to do any of, any of the things to move forward. So he's putting pressure on you. See, Satan is your enemy, not the circumstance. The problem sometimes we have is that we're trying to fight the circumstances. The Bible tells us this. It's so clear. It says, I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places. He, he, Satan, see, Paul is saying this, you're fighting the wrong battle. You're trying to fight the circumstances by information. But we don't fight like this. He says, resist the devil. He says, so then, surrender to God, first part. What, and I used to go, surrender to God. Now, he's talking to Christians now. He's not talking, this verse is not, 
that you go to somebody that has not yet given their life to God and you go, I want you to surrender to God. This is not what it's about. This scripture is talking to believers that are advancing the kingdom of God at such a rate that Satan is putting pressure on them. So this, uh, James 4, 7, is about you. It's about you. See, see, the moment you look at your wife, look at your, your children, you go, I want the best for you. I am going to increase for you. You know, we are going to move forward. All of a sudden, all the alarm bells ring in all the principalities. We've got to stop them. We've got to stop them. And the Word of God says this, I want you to surrender to God. And I looked at this, and now look at it in the spirit of Revelation. This is what I felt God put into my spirit. He goes, I want you to surrender your strength for my strength. Wow. So the first thing that God, when I looked at this, God spoke to me, he says, tell people, tell my church, Tell every leader, tell every, tell every single person is surrender your strength for my strength. Surrender your natural faith for my supernatural faith. First of all, surrender your strength for my strength. Second, surrender your natural faith. See, natural faith is this. I grew up looking at a chair, then wondering what it was for. When you're a little kid, and then you realize it's for sitting. So you, you trust the seat, you sit on it, it's not going to fall. Natural faith is, is done by reason. But supernatural faith is a heaven faith. It's a faith that moves not in the realm of practical, but moves in the realm of heaven, where all things are possible. See, natural faith can do this. That is not possible. That is not possible. That is not possible. Supernatural faith looks at the same circumstances as with God it's possible. It's possible. And the third thing the Lord said to me to tell the people is this, that surrender your understanding for my understanding. That is revelation. Surrender your understanding for my revelation. So the Bible tells us there's probably a lot more, but for us this is adequate for today. Is that surrender your strength for my strength. Surrender your natural faith for my supernatural faith. Surrender your understanding for my revelation. Wow. So today you need to surrender. I'm calling on you to surrender your strength for His strength. I'm calling on you to surrender your natural faith for God's supernatural faith. I'm calling on you to surrender your understanding, natural information gathering for supernatural revelation, number one. And then he says this, let's go further. Stand up to the devil and resist him. Just stop, we'll stop there. Stand up. What it means this is when move into a position where you're telling the devil you're not going to take any more. So it means you are, you, are, you are in a position. So when it's saying stand, that means you have been in a position where you are letting him talk. You are letting him hear. You know what? As a natural, uh, 
as, as a natural rule of conversation and of really good manners, you don't interrupt people until they finish the full sentence. So we were always taught as little kids, you know, at, at home, at school, at church, is don't interrupt me while I'm speaking. Don't interrupt dad while he's doing this. Don't interrupt. Let me show you this now. In God's kingdom, you are permitted to interrupt the devil. Don't let him finish his sentence. Don't let him finish and paint you a picture of failure. So what you've got to do in the middle of this, you have surrendered your strength, you have surrendered your faith, you have surrendered your understanding to God. Once you have done that, you have now been elevated to a position where you can interrupt the devil in full security, in full understanding. And where, guess what? It's when you have done those three and you stand up, you shut the devil up. You shut him up so he's got no answers. So the Word of God says is because your strength is now no longer your strength, but now you are in my strength, you are in my faith, you are in my revelation. Now you stand up and interrupt. I encourage you, I actually dare you to interrupt Every enemy's thought. Every time the enemy tells you you can't interrupt him. Oh, just start being so bold, so audacious, and stand up to him. And the, the word of God says, let's keep going. Resist and resist him, and he will flee for you. What's really interesting is this resist. It doesn't say you've got to enter a full fight with him. It doesn't say that you've got to race to the next level. Just, just watch something here. The word, the word resist there is just to push back. It's just to push back. It's just to push back. The Bible says this, is that when you resist the devil, when you stand up to the devil, you're not alone. You have now entered in with God to resist. You are not alone in this. See, to me, to, to, there's a concept. Uh, all during this week, the Lord dropped into my heart because um, I, I give a daily exhortation to all of our church every single day, except for Sunday because you get this word, okay? T today your exhortation is what you're hearing now. But every day I, I keep getting, I, I get up, I, I see God and I go, God, what, what, do I, what do I tell my church today? What, what do I tell my partners today? And, and every day, and God during this week, has downloaded on me was the whole scripture, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. So uh, the first, I think, was on was, I think it was on Thursday that it first came out, is that the Lord is on my side. I looked at, there are 35 verses that I personally looked at that all tell me that God is on my side. You know, in uh, Psalm 56 verse 9 says, My enemies will retreat when I call to the Lord for help. This I know, God is on my side. See, when you get up and you resist, not only is it you, but God is in you and on you, resisting, 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 resisting. See, when you get up and you go, I have had enough of this, I've had enough of hearing this blasphemous, 
negativity against God and against me. And you go, I've had it. I have had it. I've had it him telling me that I can't do this. I've had it that he's telling me that I won't make it through this. You get up and you resist. Do you realize when you get up to resist, God is on your side. Look at this in Jeremiah 1.19. says this, They will fight, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. They will fight, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah 1.19, New Living Translation. So when you start to resist, he flees. Do you realize that Satan hasn't got any antidote for a believer that resists. Satan has no antidote. Fear has no antidote. Sickness has no antidote. Lack has no antidote. For a Christian that gets up and says, God's going to do my fighting. Do you realize the immensity of this? That when you stand up against your forces, I guess, when you stand up against your circumstances, God is standing up with you. And he says, says this, this is what God spoke to me here. And this is the word that God gave to me this morning. God will push back on whatever you resist. God will push back on whatever you resist. That's the word of the Lord to you. When God spoke this to me, while I was driving in my car, as I was, dri as I was driving to our church to do, to do this recording, God started to speak to me and he says, Ted, whatever you resist, God will resist it for you. God will push back on whatever you resist. Just right now, church, everybody watching, it is time that we started to push back. Don't back off. Don't pull back. Because God gave us this. Now, the scripture that I started is the scripture that I want to end with. Ezekiel 36 verse 9. See, I care about you. I will pay attention to you. Your ground will be plowed and your crops will be planted. Here's the promise of God. If you have intended to do something for God, your ground that will produce the crop will be ploughed, it will be made ready, and your crops will grow. So I'm here to tell you that it is no, don't, you don't need to pull back because God's given a promise. In this present time, in this present circumstances, what you intended to do is still in process and it's still going to happen. There is no need to pull back. Here's my encouragement. Don't pull back from prayer. Don't pull back from life groups. Don't pull back from watching uh, Faith Life Church. Don't pull back on encouraging. Don't pull back on your giving. Don't pull back on your believing. Don't pull back on your dreams. Don't pull back on your expectations. It is time to rise up in a brand new level of faith and stand up and go, I am not going to pull back. Instead of believing for one, I'm going to believe for two. I am no longer going to decrease in my thinking, but I am going to increase. I want to just pray for you.
that you will get this revelation within your heart. Come on, let's pray with me. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have given me the power by the Holy Spirit so that I don't have to back off. I don't have to draw back. You have given me the power that what I have intended to do, that what I have intended to give, I will still do and I will still give. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose today to stand up and resist any activity of the enemy to make me pull back. I will resist him with your strength. I will resist him with your faith. And I will resist him in your revelation. And Father, I thank you. As I stand and as I resist, you will do the fighting for me. You will stand up for me. You will stand up on, my, on behalf of my family. You will stand up on behalf of my church. You will stand up on behalf of my friends and my relatives, on behalf of my finances, on behalf of my employment, on part, on, on, in part with all of the things that I need to do. So Father, today I decree and I declare that I am no longer going to be the person that draws back, but I'm going to go forward with you. And I now give myself over to you in your strength, in your faith, in your revelation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Every single day, just keep on standing, keep on standing. Hey, if you're watching this today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your Savior, this is our God. What you've heard today is what God does and He keeps on doing and will always be doing. And He can do this in your life. What you've heard today is for believers. But God is saying this, I want to do this for you today. I want you to enter this. So today... If you've heard me and you're going, Ted, there's just something in my heart. I, I, I want to receive this Jesus as my Savior. The Bible says all we need to do is to believe in what he has done for us, that he loves us, that he died for us, that he rose again for us. So today, if you want to leave your present circumstances and move into God's kind of life, you want to leave all, your, all that behind and move into a brand new life with Jesus Christ, this is all you need to do. Will you just repeat this prayer after me? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that Jesus died for me on the cross. He paid for all of my sin and all of my sickness and all of my diseases. And Father, right now, I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that he lived for me. I thank you that he died for me. And I right now ask him to forgive me. And Father, I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I receive the strength. I receive the faith. I receive the revelation to live a brand new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you have prayed that, you will see a link up pop on your screen where you can get in touch with us. We'd like to give you some more information. We'd also like to pray for you. Hey, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next week with another powerful message from God to you. Hey, God bless you. See you soon.